Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. This isn't about a computer, you know, you know get into some space world technology. This we can't tackle. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I don't know. That's a great point. We were, we were like one of the most constipated offenses on earth. And, you know, we... Uh... I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Let me tell you. <laughs>
saying that the position's been devalued and they would really know the true value if they didn't show up or didn't play, like they're going to go on strike. Like, could you, could you imagine an entire position group going on strike? Like, no, the running backs aren't playing football this year. It's so tough because, you know, I, I actually was trying to kind of think about, look at the perspective from their, their side of the aisle. And it's tough because the NFL has a plethora of a sample size of their argument either not working out um, like a la like a Todd Gurley getting a huge paycheck and then basically being done. What would, what would you say, Jack? You're the Rams fan. Two years into that contract, he was done pretty much. Yeah, around around there, two, three years. And then you have Le'Veon Bell do his holdout, and then he goes to the Jets, doesn't play for the Jets, right? And then when he does come back, he's on the Chiefs, and he looks awful. And James Conner is on the Steelers and looks fine at that point in time. Um, kind of it's, – it's weird because I think they do have an argument, but everything in, in history points to what the owners are saying. And it's kind of this unfortunate that they get to the owners get to rest their laurels on history rather than probably the reality of the situation, I would say. Um, I don't know. I can kind of like just my perspective on this. I think a lot of these situations are being taken understandably as like a group consensus kind of thing. But I think one of the things that's really getting missed in this whole conversation is the case-by-case basis for a lot of these teams. I do not think the Raiders are the same thing as the Vikings, nor do I think the Vikings are the same thing as the Colts, nor do I think um, the Cowboys are the same thing as any of the other rest of them. They're all different situations. They're all at different processes and what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish. Specifically, you look at like the Colts and the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders are seemingly setting up to rebuild. They're seemingly setting themselves up for failure to have a shot at Caleb Williams, right? The Colts are now going to be launching the Anthony Richardson era. Um, I don't think they necessarily expect to be this year. I think they would like to be frisky, if that's a good word, but I don't think they think they're going to win the division by any means. And it's you have to look at it and say – why would you pay – I want to say Josh Jacobs is 25. I could be wrong. Um, and, I, and then Jonathan Taylor, I'm almost positive, is 24. That's – and we're looking two years down the road. That's both these guys either be 27. We're seeing a lot of players are, you know, considered washed up by 27, 28 in the league now. Like, it's really tough, and I feel for these guys as athletes. They take a lot of bruising more so than a lot of the other positions, but – like I said before, I think this this one's firmly in the owner's control of they're going to be able to point to all these bad situations that have happened in the past, and I think they're going to hold out. I don't think they're going to get their money. So I'll yeah, open the floor up to you guys. I agree. I, I don't think they will. Um, for additional context, one of the things that really spurred this conversation was a Zoom call with a bunch of um, – marquee running back names, if you will. So guys that are um, negotiating or pushing for big contract extensions, uh, including names like Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, like we've 
started to talk about. Uh, but then like Chris McCaffrey and Derrick Henry joined this Zoom. So huge names getting on a call together to what they called like discuss the the state of the market. I forgot um, about Eckler. Did Eckler get paid? He hasn't gotten not, paid yet, right? No. So he's another huge name. No, they didn't. And I mean, honestly, I, I think you alluded to a lot of what I think is going on. It's a culmination of a few things. You know, the average running back uh, career is extremely short. I think it's the shortest in the league position-wise. Uh, and I think possibly a bigger um, – cause behind this is the evolution of the modern offense in the NFL. Yep. You know, we talk about system quarterbacks all the time. And I think that's a, a fair evaluation of some quarterbacks that have success as a product of the system they play in. I think a lot of offensive minds in the league consider their offenses to be plug and play from the running back position. I mean, there are some oh, special sure. guys who can, catch the ball out of the backfield and line up as a slot receiver. Uh, Both Super Bowl teams are RBBCs. Yeah. Running back by committee. I mean, what, Pacheco is a, what, an eighth rounder? Um, Miles Sanders was, what, third? I mean, they weren't, like, highly touted guys. I mean, and you had other guys on the Eagle making solid contributions that were late-round guys, like – it's kind of unfortunate because, I mean, for a lot of these teams, you could I, you could truly say up until Herbert Eckler was the best player on the Chargers. You could say Jonathan Taylor was the best player on the Colts. But even, even then, though, even being the best player on the team, I think the, the league has moved from a, uh, a run-heavy league to a pass-heavy league. Um, mm-hmm. And that that shift has come with the shift in uh, valuation of the top 10 running backs in the league to the top 10 receivers in the league. Let me ask you this then, based on that point, so so some pushback. It's a passing league. Do you think Jonathan Taylor deserves his money then? He's one of the best pass-catching backs in the league. Yeah. Eckler, too. To, to, to a fair extent. What do you mean by deserves? Like, like when you say deserves, what, that, what does that mean? Do you think he should get a con- – like no. I think what he's asking – personally, I think what he's asking for is ridiculous, but would you say like Saquon money, like that, that $10 million or whatever it was? Or I would never I, pay I, I actually, I, I'm pushing back. I actually don't think he deserves the money. I'm just putting that out there. I'm just asking Pat because he's saying it's a pass-catching league. And I, these are two of the best pass-catching backs in the league. Yeah, so – uh, do I think he deserves Christian McCaffrey money? No, I don't. Uh, what I what I mean is, uh, who's more likely to sign an eye popping numbers contract extension? Your star running back or your star receiver? You know, ten even six years ago that wasn't the case. No, and 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 now it is. I think like Justin Jefferson. So so you would think of like big playmaking receivers that. Uh, can completely change the game by themselves. You would think mm-hmm. of Justin Jefferson, maybe Jamar Chase. Those guys are more likely to sign big 
money like that than Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor. That that's the the point that I was making in that shift in valuation. Yes, those guys can catch the ball to the backfield and that makes them valuable and more valuable relative to the rest of the market. But the rest of the market is not as valuable as it used to be. I think that's the point of their Zoom It's also call. a smarter investment. I mean, we're seeing guys play receiver till they're 32, 33. And 100%. being like, still, I mean, Devontae Adams had what? He was very productive. He was 30 last 100%. year. Like, How now, let Leonard Fournette's basically like considered like old yeller, like put him out to pasture and he's 28. Like there's such a difference there that it's, uh, it's tough because they're people and they're taking, I would say probably way more of a beating than the receivers, but I would just say the investment isn't there. Like it just doesn't make sense as unfortunate as it is. I just, I think, you know, it's, it's funny that, um, I think most average fans like to consider themselves knowledgeable and uh, feel like uh, they belong in a front office when they make their fantasy football draft. And the uh, this sentiment is also seen in fantasy. It was like two or three years ago, how like your running back was always the first person taken. And now... Uh, you're a little bit more strategic, but typically that's not the case. Typically the receivers are the ones that go in the first and second round. And I'm, I'm not saying that the average NFL fan is smarter than these front office guys, but I am saying that even the average NFL fan, even subconsciously has realized this shift that the running backs are now complaining about. It's just, it's a different league. You know, the average or the average, the rookie contract is four years long. Uh, I think a lot of those front office guys would say, they can go get a mid round or late round running back and get good serviceable four years out of them. And then four years later, be ready to sign another one to a rookie deal. Do you ever see a world where the players association is able to pull off getting, I don't think you'll ever get it revoked, but I think you could get maybe some significant changes. Maybe the second one revoked of the franchise tag. Do you ever see, cause I know that the players association hates it. Um, I, I don't, and it seems like the way they get around it is, or that's the way the owners get around, you know, dealing with running backs. Well, I also think objectively, the franchise tag; those guys don't like it because it, it, they feel like it takes their freedom away, it takes their free agency market away from them. But objectively, it's a nice one-year contract. Yeah, it's a nice deal, and I think the player association recognizes that enough to say. Hey, a lot of these guys that get franchise tagged, most of them don't end up with bigger extensions than what they had in their previous deal. So it's still a if your goal as a a uh, athlete, if your goal as a football player is to make as much money as you can before nobody will pay you, that's still a decent way to make as much money as you can. The one thing I've just kind of find myself struggling with. Um... This, this doesn't necessarily apply to every team. Like I said, so some of the, the, the is getting lost in translation is the case-by-case basis. Like I said, the Raiders are different than the Chargers. Um, one team, though, like the Giants, I know that he has since gotten his money, but when we were discussing this, Saquon was still kind of very much in negotiations. And it's difficult for me as a fan because there is an element where I know – you see what Daniel Jones got. 
and you know that that team looks completely different without Saquon than it would look without Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones got way more money. And I get it. It's the quarterback. Quarterback's basically the point guard. They're not guys who fall off trees. Um, While you could claim that running backs are. But man, oh man, does that as just a fan of athletes, like I get it, but like it, 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 sometimes it is a tough pill to swallow to watch that kind of thing go down because I don't think that Daniel Jones deserved that money. And it's, that's just the market. Like it's, and that's just what it is. Yeah, that's, that's definitely hard because, uh, I don't like you said. I don't think anybody would look at that offense and say Daniel Jones is the most viable person in that offense. Well, he is though, because the quarterback is by definition the most important player on any team. Would be my take. We know that the quarterback is the most valuable position in all of sports. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. To to use the market example, but but first reaction to that is like the, if you want to keep using like a market analogy uh, or an economics analogy, it's like supply and demand. Like if you went and found the average position player and replaced Daniel Jones with the average position quarterback, the giants are probably worse off than if you replace the average position running back uh, from Saquon Barkley. As well, like, let me put it this way. Would you consider, say, JB, would you consider Saquon to be a top five running back in the NFL? Sure. Would you consider Daniel Jones to even be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? Definitely not. I get your point. It's just sometimes it's like, damn. Well, and, and I, I think we need to, you know, make an important distinction here. Like when we're talking about replacing Saquon, we're not just saying like you're replacing Saquon with random running back X, right? You're saying you're replacing your total running back production. I mean, it might be Gary Brightwell. Like, it might be. It might be Matt Breida. Like, I know Jack loves the idea because he's got him in Dynasty, but God damn, like, it's Matt Breida. It's not Saquon, dude. (laughs) No, but 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 do do you know know what I mean? Like, like, like you're you're, you're not replacing Saquon. You're replacing 80% of Saquon's snaps, right? Like, and if you fill those 80% with three, in different roles, right? You know, maybe you have a pure passing down back, a pure goal line back, whatever it might be. You're you're replacing the total number of snaps across multiple players to get a sim- similar amount of production. It's not that you're replacing Saquon with an undrafted free agent and you expect him to perform. That's exactly Saquon. Right. You're replacing those snaps with multiple guys and trying to utilize their talent to the best of their ability, right? Like no the next guy you bring in is going to be Saquon, but you can replace his snaps with a combination of other people to get you similar value for a 10th or whatever. That's right. Such a little Belichick. And I love it. You're such a little Belichick. (laughs) I, I I mean, it's right. Like it's nobody saying, I respect, I mean, it it works though. Like that's why Belichick is good. It works. Like I got, I got to tip the cap. Like you're right. But, right. but it's not even just Belichick, right? Like Stan, you made the point. The Chiefs had their main back be Isaiah Pacheco, who they took in the seventh round. They drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round, and then he was washed up two years later, and then and they couldn't even put him on the field, right? Like, 
Like, it's not that these guys aren't good. It's that you can replace the total amount of snaps with a combination of other guys to get to a similar spot for way less money. And then you can fill value other, other spots. And, and also there's some group think going on now that the offensive line really drives running back yardage more than the actual running backs. Right. Like I would say it a, does. I, I, you know, people can argue. I, I think, a, I think a lot of Zeke's failures were hidden by that Cowboys line. I really do. I, I think know, it's good. Like, I think that Cowboys line is was pretty when Zeke when they started with Zeke that line was amazing. Yeah, you had Tyron Smith, kind of, Zach Martin. Yeah, they, that line was stacked. I think you could have had a lot of guys produce on, with that line. And I love Zeke. Well, I, mean, I thought the, Zeke was a phenomenal athlete coming out. I'm not taking anything away from him, but I think a lot of guys could have made some work with that line. Do any of you guys think Tony Pollard is not going to have an awesome year this year? Uh, if he stays healthy. Wasn't well, he another one that might not get his money? No, he did. He got franchise tag. He's no, on he the franchise tag, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'll do, he'll do right well. Right here this year, probably. Right? Like, so why commit long term? You get him for one year. And then, like you guys are saying, you draft a couple back. Someone cheap. And you're probably going to get very similar production. But then you can spend some money on another important position. You know, well, that's exactly what they did. They got Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, they, they did draft a... a young guy, right? Yeah, they did draft a right. Yeah, but Jerry you know, Jerry Jones is crazy, but I think he's making the right call. He's not dumb. Way. Yeah, he's not dumb. Uh, I think he learned from Zeke. I think he's gonna not do that again. Well, I I also think Zeke's a little bit of a um, I don't want to say outlier, but his situation is a little bit different than some of those other big names. Yes, Zeke is a big name. Zeke's more washed up. He's older than some of those guys. Most of those guys. And there's Zeke at certain points this year was looking rough. He's also been really quiet in terms of the big names and the, the running back is disrespected. Talk I think he him. knows he, he's, I think he's going to take a deal to come back. I think he, he recognizes he is not in the same uh, category as Jonathan Taylor, which his, his situation is, uh, Really, something else. John Taylor's. Yes. Yeah, man. I was He's telling the- these guys before we got on, before you were able to talk to us, and I was just like, I don't even know what I'm going to say about that. As a Colts fan, I don't even even know. I've just read the news for about two days now, and I don't know how to feel. I really don't. It's, it's really tough on so many levels, but I think you have to let them potentially walk. It just doesn't work. And it sucks because well, he's such an amazing athlete, but I think you have to. But now he's saying his back hurts, so you can let him walk and you don't have to pay him. Yeah. That whole, that whole ordeal about him saying that people are lying is it's getting real messy real fast and I can't believe it's getting real messy real fast because he was a very much a rah-rah team guy for a very long time and this must have been lurking under the surface or something but uh we have we have a friend who is telling us that he got a new agent recently and he feels like the agent is kind of like leading this charge out of Jonathan Taylor and I mean I'd have to do a little bit more research, but if that's the case, that that really sucks. Yeah, um, that, that's tough. But one, one last point on this before 
uh, may have to move on. So pulling up a list of the biggest uh, contracts in the running back market right now. So Chris McCaffrey's his total value is 64 mil. It's average per year is about 16. 36 of that was guaranteed. Then Kamara had his long-term extension a couple years ago. His total value is 75 mil, but his average per year is like 15 mil. So he got a longer deal. Derrick Henry's total 50 mil. Nick Chubb total 36.6. Aaron Jones, 23 mil. Then Saquon at 10 mil, one-year deal. Tony Pollard, 10 mil. That's a franchise tag. Josh Jacobs, 10 mil. James Conner, 21 mil, but average for 7 mil per year. Trust me, James Conner is going to earn that one this year. He's basically going to have to run the ball every play and get absolutely demolished on behalf of the Cardinals all year. (laughs) He might not survive this season. That's – Fantasy tip, pick up James Conner, everybody, because that is going to be a bell cow to end all bell cows. Oh, my God, that poor guy. (laughs) But it's just – it's crazy to drop off. So you have McCaffrey and Kamara at 64 and 75 mil total. They're average 16 and 15. And then Derek Henry, who I think deserves every penny of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Nick Chubb is 12.2. You know – my last point is if I'm Josh Jacobs or Saquon and I'm looking at you know the market, I know that I'm an upcoming unrestricted free agent, and I say that Nick Chubb can get 12.2 mil per year. Nick Chubb is worth three times me in my current deal. And that's not a, a knock on Nick Chubb, but those guys think like I, I'm one of the three best in the league. Like I belong in Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara's stratosphere i don't belong anywhere near nick chubb so I, that's I kind of one thing i've not really understood in this whole situation is kind of the jacobs holdout as weird as that sounds i'm like dude this was like your first real productive year i get that you've been okay but this was like your first real year where you broke out and you're already kind of like flapping the gums a little bit like these other guys have been putting in work for years I don't know. I just felt kind of weird about it, but I, I get it. I mean, he he played a whole season. He played great, so he feels like he deserves his money. I get it. But also, some of these like, guys just seem to be ignoring how contracts work, right? Like, if you really want to maximize your value, you take a one-year deal every single year, right? Mm-hmm. Cap escalates. Right. Cap keeps going up. If you take a long, long-term deal, like, pretty much by definition, once you get into year two, it's no longer the market value anymore the market Mm -hmm. changes right so like yeah nick chubb might think he should be paid more then he should take one year deals every single year so that he can maximize the dollar amount but you you know risk there too well exactly yeah right you know so these guys like the long-term deal locks in some money but like that's the trade-off you make you give up a little money for security that's the whole zach martin problem right now zach martin is really upset in dallas hasn't reported to camp yet says that he's woefully underpaid or his words relative to the market uh, but that's what happens when you sign your contract a bunch of years ago and every year there's a big time offensive lineman that gets a big time <coughs> raise that increases the value right so i i don't blame some of these teams for you know kind of holding firm a little bit because like you can't just renegotiate every big money deal <coughs> every single year to keep guys happy 
you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a tough spot. You know, you have to trade off security for maximum earnings. Yeah. And, and I mean, to y'all's point about Jerry Jones, that was exactly what he said to Zach Martin. He's like, look, we can't pay him. We have to pay all yeah. these other guys who are due for their contract. He's got two, a couple years left on his deal. Like, we're not going to. Yeah, you're you're going to have to pay CD soon. You're going to have to pay. Yeah. They just paid um, uh, Michael Parsons. Yeah. yeah you, got, you guys got some boys you got to pay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's really interesting. Not you. I'm sorry. You're a Saints fan. Not you. <laughs> well, after watching the quarterback on Netflix, I'm a little bit of a Kirk Cousins fan now. I don't know if you guys have seen that yet. I gotta yeah, watch, watch it. Watch a few few of the episodes. It's it's awesome. Uh, yeah, I enjoy it. Too, the, I've heard the Kirk Cousins thing. I've heard people are like falling in love with Kirk Cousins with his episode. <laughs> you know why they're falling in love with Kirk Cousins? Because you you probably you'll this Jack. Everybody has a like bonfire switcher. Uh, so there's a scene in the the show where he's like sitting outside by a fire at the end of a day with his family and like some piece of ember lands on his sweatshirt and it like puts a hole in it. He's like, Oh man, that was my favorite sweatshirt. And he's like, now that's my bonfire sweatshirt. And it's like little moments like that that make him so human. He's like one of us. Yeah. He's like he's a normal guy. Yeah. He's, he's definitely got the, the dorky dad energy, but it's, it's, it's endearing almost. Oh, it's completely <laughs> endearing. It's like a guy that you want to root for. He's like the and and it's kind of cool. I to remember see. him driving the Washington Redskins practices and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I always they, liked coming out of Michigan State. They talk about that his like van a little bit. Uh, they talk about him shopping at Kohl's a little bit. Uh, hey, Kohl's points don't diss it. <laughs> Kohl's is the best, dude. I don't even want to hear that noise. I would come on. <laughs> I'm not knocking Coles at all. I'm saying he's the only guy that makes more than a million dollars per year that's proud of his Coles lineup. Hey, and watch he'll have all he'll have all a lot of his money at the end of his life. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> and a ton of Coles points too. <laughs> all these running backs are holding out for as much money as they can get, and Kirk in his next yeah, contract he, just he, wants he, give me the unlimited yeah. Coles membership. He's like, I'll take a million dollars, but can I get like 15 million Coles points? <laughs> hey, I'll renegotiate my salary and take less money if that means that you guys will give me more Coles points. Uh, <laughs> anyway, 